There are old mushroom hunters, and there are bold mushroom hunters. But there are no old, old mushroom hunters. A wise old adage and a good start as we wander into the world of foraging. We at the Curious Consumer Podcast are on a quest to demystify food safety and to separate fact from fiction. I'm Linda Gordon, food microbiologist from Safe Food, and today I'm joined by Dr. Adele Duggan, who is Clinical Director of the National Poisons Information Centre and an anaesthetist at Beaumont Hospital. Together we ask if foraging is just gathering weeds and poisonous edibles, or if we can enjoy foraged food. Before we get chatting to Adele, we asked you what you thought of foraging. Going around and uh, picking wild food like berries and mushrooms and things like that. Blackberries, I used to pick blackberries. And so we've also foraged for what we call froggings, which were type of blueberry when we were hiking. Would you ever go foraging? Would you ever My pick husband a- would, but he would be very aware of uh, the ones that aren't edible. I mean, like, that's like eating wild garlic too, I just wouldn't. Touch it. That's, you can smell it when you walk through your forest yokes, but I wouldn't go near it. I need to know. It's, I know it's safe, but it still wouldn't appetise me. And what about berries? Berries, I the odd strawberry, you know, and, and, and the blackberries you'd take from the bush. You know what I mean? But that's about all. I'd, the ones I know, and that's it. I've no idea, but I do know that toadstools can be poisonous. So I'm always conscious when I see something in a field. Is it a toadstool or a mushroom? And I don't know the difference, but I know toadstools are poisonous. Whatever mushroom has scales, that's what I was taught. Not like a foam underneath, because we do mushroom like uh, foraging sometimes. Do you? And would yeah. you go foraging in Ireland? Yes, I went a few times, but like uh, it's not that popular, and there are not many places to go. And would you go foraging in Poland? Oh yeah. Really? Oh yeah. <laughs> I don't know enough about what type of mushroom to eat. So foraging goes back to the hunter-gatherers and the lore of wild plants are woven through Irish legends, poetry and Brehan law. The healing powers of foraged plants are reflected in the belief that there were 365 parts to the body and that there was a different herb to cure the ills of each part. However, despite these strong ties with the wild plants around us, foraging has fallen out of favour and is only recently having a revival. So Adele, while Ireland is abundant with wild garlic, berries and dandelions, to name a few, is it as simple as grabbing a basket and setting out to forage food for dinner? Well, not quite, <laughs> Linda. Uh, I suppose I remember as a young girl walking along the um, road, coming home from school uh, and picking blackberries along the hedges. And I suppose at that time I didn't realise I was actually foraging. Uh, and Ireland doesn't have a, a particularly strong tradition of foraging, but it is growing. Uh, and I suppose people generally tend to forage for wild berries, herbs, garlic, dandelions, nettles and mushrooms. Um, and the forage foods can be used, I suppose, for a variety of things. Um, so some of the calls we've got have included mushrooms that have been added to stews, I suppose um, berries have been picked for des- making desserts, uh, leaves, some leaves for salads um, and sometimes for used for medicinal purposes. Um, so some of the, the dandelions sometimes can be used to make oils and vinegar and even to make a soap. So a, a whole variety of uh, uses. So from a food safety perspective, is that a problem? 
Well, yes, I suppose the main problem is the misidentification of the plant. And if you mistake an edible one for a toxic one, then it can land you in trouble. Uh, take, for example, the hemlock. Um, it has been mistaken for wild celery. Um, the fruit can be mistaken for seeds. The leaves can be mistaken for wild parsley and wild carrots. The root has been mistaken for parsnips. And all parts of that plant are uh, toxic. Um, and if you, if you ingest it, it can lead to various, it basically affects the nerves and the muscles. You can affect your breathing system and it can basically paralyze uh, the muscles. So very, very serious uh, misidentification if, if it does occur. Um, and, you know, we've had a call a few years ago where foxglove was used in a smoothie um, and the patient became very ill where it, it can affect the heart. Um, there's also been cases where it's been used in tea uh, where it's been mistaken for comfrey. So I think you need to be an expert in identifying plants if you are going to be foraging. Um, there are apps out there um, that can supposedly identify plants and, and we have asked mycologists what they think, and particularly for the mushroom ones, and they don't recommend it. So just a note of warning, don't, don't rely on that app to identify your plant. Okay, and then there are mushrooms, as you mentioned, magic ones, ones you can put in your dinner poisonous ones. Mushrooms present a particular problem, don't they, Adele? Yes, they do. Um, we get about 30 calls concerning mushrooms a year. Um, and I suppose they, they fall into two groups, those, those people who are going out looking for magic mushrooms and, and misidentify it. And then the, those a uh, group of people who are using or looking for mushrooms uh, to eat. Um, and I, I suppose that is uh, the commonest thing that we get called about um, and the thing that we have more most experience with regard to foraging. OK, let's play a little quiz to see if our listeners are up to speed on mushrooms. Do you know how many mushrooms there are? No idea. It's 1,200. And do you know how many would be poisonous? Maybe 300. How many different types of wild mushrooms do you think there are in Ireland? I have no idea, sorry. Five or six, maybe. There are actually 1,200. I was going to say 111, but that's probably a bit too high. <laughs> it's actually higher. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I have no idea. Could be 10, could be 50, I don't know. How many types of poisonous mushrooms do you think there are in Ireland? 600? Would you ever eat a wild mushroom no. if you saw it in the field? No. Why? Because some of them are poisonous. Do you know how many would be poisonous? Rough guess out of 1,200. Maybe 10%. How many types of mushrooms do you think there are? Probably 50. How many do you think would grow wild naturally in Ireland? Naturally, maybe about 20. How many do you think would be edible? 900. 1,000. 1,212. So how many types of mushroom are there in Ireland? Well, you won't believe it, uh, Linda, there's 1,200 uh, types of mushrooms uh, currently in Ireland. Wow, and how many of these are edible? 43 larger fungi native to Ireland are considered edible. But talking to, uh, I suppose, people who are experts in mushroom identification, they, they would say about 10 are deemed worthwhile. And then how many are dangerous? There's 14 native species that can cause abdominal pain, nausea, vomiting, kind of GI upset, um, and you know which can be severe enough that you might need to go go to hospital with it. Um, 13 species are dangerous, and these can affect your nervous system. It can 
affect the kidney and the liver um, and so much so that it can be fatal. So there's lots to think about before going out mushroom picking. Yes, there is. That's for sure. There's, I suppose, the three most toxic ones um, would be amanetophylloides, which is also known as the deck cap. Even this accounts for 90 percent of worldwide mushroom poisonings uh, in the world and about 10 to 20 percent a death rate uh, is associated with these. Even uh, like less than one mushroom can uh, cause fatality, uh, depending on how much of the toxin is in it. The toxin is a, a phalotoxin that, that uh, causes a basic causes death of the liver cell. It interferes with the protein uh, synthesis in the cell and causes death. Um, and basically the, the, there's different phases. There's initially the patient might feel or the person might feel well for a couple of hours. Then they might get general uh, gastro symptoms like nausea, vomiting, diarrhea. Then they go and improve and they think, oh, this is great. I'm improving. But at that time, the liver is being affected and the liver enzymes are going up and then they will progress. So it can take a couple of days for the liver for failure to come through on it. Um, Amanita virosa will be another quite toxic um, called the destroying angel. And again, this has the same toxin as the Amanita phylloides and, and can cause the liver failure in, in, in somewhat similar way. You probably need more of these mushrooms to, to, to cause the effect, but again, equally um, as dangerous. Um, and then there's the web cap, and probably excuse my pronunciation if there's any of my colleges out there, uh, Cortinarias, especially also me as uh, the web cap and uh, this is this one can cause a uh, kidney failure um, and there are cases out there and even um, kind of famous cases of people being going out foraging for the, the mushrooms uh, Nicholas Evans is one uh, one story in particular um, where it can lead to a kidney failure. So the myth that the fruits of foraging can be dangerous is true and you can eat any mushroom, but some of them only once. So be absolutely sure of what you are picking. Yes, we advise. Well, I definitely would would not go out foraging as I'm not an expert in a mushroom or, or plant identification. So unless you know what you're doing, uh, and particularly for mushrooms, unless I had my expert mycologist beside me, I am to identify the mushroom. I I, I wouldn't eat uh, the mushroom. I, I prefer to shop uh, locally in my nearby <laughs> supermarket. <laughs> So, well, there you have it. Foraging is definitely not for the amateur. Be sure you know what you were doing. And thanks to Adele for helping us unpack the truths around foraging. Are there any food safety myths or theories you'd like us to dissect for you? Let us know by emailing us at info at safefood.net or message us on the usual channels, Facebook, Instagram or Twitter at safefood.net. Until next time, thanks for listening.